Success in music. How do you define it? Do you judge success based on commercial appeal and financial reward? Or do you judge it on the canon of work even if it didn't go over commercially or financially? Judging via the first method is rather problematic because success and timing don't always coexist at the same moment. And if you're an indie band trying to find popularity and longevity, there needs to be an additional weird alchemic mix in the air. It's a lot easier to judge using the second method because great music remains. Money and fame rarely do. And so it is by this method that we will judge Whipping Boy's 1995 sophomore album, Heartworm. Hey guys, it's another episode of 10 Years Too Late. I'm your host, Dan. And I know, we're getting more regular now. It's almost like I found some sort of consistency. But anyway, this week we're looking at an almost forgotten Irish classic, largely ignored on its release. But now people are looking back at it and thinking, you know what, that was really great. And there's nothing we like more on this podcast than a bit of nostalgia. There's also another reason why we're using the second method to judge Whipping Boy by. Because in no way do they fit the description of the first method. In fact, they are almost the antithesis of it. Even their name suggests a group of underdogs with a losing mentality. In the pantheon of band names, it's hardly clap your hands say yeah, is it? Vocalist Fergal McKee commented on the band's moniker in a 2015 Irish Times retrospective. Whipping Boy is not a name for a band chasing success. He also has something to say regarding what success actually is. We captured something beautiful, something true. That's fucking success. Right you are, Fergal. The beauty and truth Fergal speaks of were captured mostly in his lyrics. The music itself straddles the barrier between hard rock and indie rock. The occasional swell of strings add a level of depth that increases the beauty McKee rightfully insists the music holds. Sometimes the guitars turn up to 11 and make it feel like a stadium rock album, but McKee's lyrics never let you forget that while the music might be reaching for the rafters, he isn't trying to please everyone. To make this clear, in the same song he chastises Ireland's biggest musical export, Bono, and describes hitting a spouse. On the honeymoon is over, he tells a tale of a doomed relationship, playing the bastard perfectly. And in the album's final offering, the sort of bonus track are natural. He relates schizophrenia in vivid detail. The album produced three singles, all great. Let's take a closer look at them, starting with album opener, Twinkle. Unexpectedly ushered in by the sound of cellos, the sung sweet chorus of She's the Only One For Me, Now and Always, hides an undertone of doubt when McKee states, I think I might be nothing to her. Problems with the females in his life is a theme McKee touches upon regularly throughout the album. It's not long until the song introduces its signature grungy guitar sound, a point we'll touch upon more later, shooting for those rafters I mentioned earlier. Throughout this album, Wayne Livesey does a fantastic job on production, because some of the guitar sounds could have stayed in the 90s and dated badly. Although, to be fair, the riff on Tripped probably still thinks it's 1995. Here's a sample of Twinkle.
The following track, When We Were Young, also happened to be the next single. I would suggest it finds Whipping Boy at their most uplifting and perhaps least misanthropic. McKee spurns singing about his troubles, instead taking a nostalgic trip down memory lane, reliving his 80s childhood of getting wasted on Perno and dry cider, a simpler time before his mistakes caught up with him. When We Were Young is a nice break from McKee playing the antagonist. He writes really well about past memories, evoking images of him or his character as a young scally up to all sorts on Dublin streets, long before everything that life throws in your way is even a concern. As he puts it, it was a time when everyone was sorted. We Don't Need Nobody Else was the third and final single taken from Heartworm, and arguably the best known song from Whipping Boy's catalogue. It's the song I mentioned earlier that contains his sly dig at Bono and a reference to domestic abuse. Before I talk about it, I think you should take the time to listen to it first. This was the song that introduced me to Whipping Boy, and it knocked me out the first time I heard it. I hope it has the same effect on you. This song, for me, is a tour de force. I think the bass line will be engraved in my head forever. Sometimes you can hear a song and think, there's a better approach to this. The guitar should come in here, or the bass should be lower in the mix, but Whipping Boy bottled lightning with this song. The spoken word delivery is so laconic, it's chilling, especially when McKee describes the abuse to a partner. He draws through the words dispassionately, telling us they weren't even arguing and how it just happened. McKee's lyrics were often unflinching, and here, as he coolly leads us to his menacing conclusion of this description, yeah, you thought you knew me. They were at their most kitchen sink drama dark. The guitars do come in at just the right time and up the intensity when McKee's braggadocio comes to the fore on the chorus. Apparently, We Don't Need Nobody Else was written about Whipping Boy's antipathy towards the music industry after their first record, Submarine, by all accounts a wildly different sounding album, fell flat. But ironically, it was the song that got them signed to Columbia. And on the strength of it, you can see why. But, alas, it turned out Whipping Boy did need somebody else. For one, they needed a significant amount of people to actually buy this record, which, as discussed earlier, didn't quite happen for them. Released not long after Definitely Maybe had made waves and brought the Britpop scene kicking and screaming to life, Heartworm, with its grunge-indebted alt-rock sound, was a few years out of step when it found its way into the world. However, as I alluded to earlier, Success and timing don't always cross over, and Heartworm has, years after its release, come to be considered as a classic of Irish music, even being voted as the greatest Irish album of all time in one poll. I would go as far to say that this is one of the most underrated albums of the 90s. Those that know about it, like me, love it. Album closer, Morning Rise, contains the lyric, When our time comes, I will know. Whipping Boy's time, sadly for them, wasn't 1995. Scene-wise, they were either too late or too soon, depending on your outlook. But the music can't be denied. It's just too great. And that wraps up another episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Hit me up on Twitter, at 10YearsTooLatePod. That's with the numbers 10 and 2, not the letters. And remember, don't be afraid to live in the past.